I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the Webby-nominated podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This episode has been sponsored by Lauren Gabrielson, which is a women's wear brand that creates elevated essentials for the modern women's wardrobe. The collection is entirely designed and produced in Brooklyn, New York. The Lauren Gabrielson woman values quality, versatile pieces that she can wear every day that are customized to her body, her time, and her style. And by the way, I have two Lauren Gabrielson headbands, which I wear all the time, and you can see in my photos on my events page because I wear them everywhere, and they're amazing, and actually my six-year-old daughter steals mine all the time. So anyway, laurengabrielson.com. Hi, I'm excited to be here today with Waylon Lucas, who's the author of Sunny Side Up, more than 100 breakfast and brunch recipes from the essential egg to the perfect pastry. An award-winning former pastry chef at famed restaurants like Bettina and Bazaar, Waylon has also been a judge on the Food Network's TV hit show Cake Wars and currently lives in Park City, Utah. So welcome, Waylon. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. So can you please tell listeners how you came up with the idea for this cookbook and what it's about? Who should buy this cookbook? (laughs) Everybody should buy this cookbook. (laughs) I really wanted to create a very family-friendly, everybody-friendly cookbook. I find a lot of chef cookbooks can be very intimidating. And because they're chefs, they do a lot of fancy things and use a lot of extravagant ingredients that aren't really applicable to just your regular home cook. And I wanted to do the opposite of that. I wanted this to be fun and easy and approachable and just sort of use what I've learned as a chef to sort of give little tips and tricks. And I love breakfast. I love brunch. I think as a pastry chef, I love brunch and breakfast so much because it's very sweet oriented. (laughs) So that was sort of my inspiration to kind of do something more than just a regular dessert book. I wanted to sort of push myself and get into some more savory things, but more, you know, pastries and eggs and breakfast brunch and sort of have my experience as a pastry chef sort of go that much further, if you will, in the kitchen. Awesome. Well, as a mom, I thank you because I feel like breakfast is the hardest for me. I feel like every day we're doing the same old stuff, scrambled eggs, Frozen waffles. I don't know. So I felt like your book was very inspiring. In fact, we tried a crunchy French toast that you have in your cookbook. Oh, amazing. But we didn't have exactly the right ingredients, so we squashed up some Rice Krispies, but it was still really good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect substitution. <laughs> so what do you think in the cookbook are some of your best suggestions for busy parents in the morning before school for, to make for their kids? I think... The frittatas, the baked egg cups, the bars, anything you can sort of make ahead of time and grab and go. I know, especially for moms trying to get out to the house in the morning and get, you know, your kids, get everybody going. Things that you can do, you know, even the night before after the kids go to bed and just have ready in the morning to grab and go or really any time of the day. The baked egg cups are perfect for that. The bars, all of the bars I love. Even the frittatas, you know, is something you can make and slice up and kind of grab like a slice of pizza and eat and run out the door. I do that more times than I probably should admit, (laughs) but it's one of my favorites. (laughs) And you said in the book, there's an acai bowl. It says it only takes five minutes to make. Is that really true? I mean, it takes me, it would take far more time to order that in, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) No, the acai bowl and even all the smoothies and stuff I think are super 
easy to just throw everything in a blender, slice up some fruit, sprinkle some granola on top. It's really a no-brainer. There's not a lot of skill involved with with those and with the acai bowl. You just kind of throw it in a blender and go. And you mentioned in your cookbook that how well you cook eggs shows how good a chef you are. So tell me about that. So there is a very... For a long time, there's been this, the chef Escoffier and Julia Child even used to touch on it a lot, that how you cook an egg reflects sort of your talent and how good of a chef you are, because I think an egg is something, it's so versatile and you can do so many different things with it. And it's so hearty, but it's also so delicate, sort of like, that's why I talk about with the scrambled eggs, it's the sort of handling and the finesse and it's, the eggs sort of tell you what it needs from you, if that makes sense. Like in the scrambled egg recipe, it's not over handling it, over mixing it in the pan. It's not under mixing it to where you end up with a big sort of patty omelet. It's just sort of the right amount. And it teaches you to sort of watch and look at the food as it's cooking and know when to handle it, when to nod and sort of practice that delicate hand, if that really makes sense at all. <laughs> I don't know. My eggs just don't really talk to me, but I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen a little more closely from now on. <laughs> so you also mentioned in the book that you were very influenced by having the Food Network on in your house all the time, which I feel like gives me now license to keep the TV on all the time, but I, I don't know. Um, how do you think that affected you and your love of cooking? I think it just sort of became ingrained in the fabric of my being, if you will, because it was no matter what I was doing, if I was sitting at the dining room table doing homework or hanging out, my mom was making dinner or it was just always there in the background. I just heard people talking about food and listening about food. And I think even though I wasn't really so into it myself when I was a kid, I just sort of heard about it, listened to it. And it's funny now as an adult, I think that's why I love it so much and love writing this book and cooking as well, because some of, I realize now some of my best memories are just around food or spent in the kitchen, watching my mom cook, listening to the Food Network, sharing meals with friends and family. Those are, I think, some of the most special memories that I have in my life at any time. So tell me about your whole journey from when you were this kid, you know, doing homework and not really focused on cooking to now having your own cooking, being a judge on a cooking show and having your own cookbook. And how do you go from there to here? How did you do that? How did you even know you wanted to do that? Like, when did you say this is going to be, this is my thing? It wasn't until much later in life. This was actually a big career change for me. When I was young, I'd worked in the fashion industry and sort of swore that off and quit. And I'd always really enjoyed baking cookies just for fun and for friends. And I started to see how happy cookies made people. And so I sort of became addicted to that. And I sort of started doing it more and making more cookies. And friends who had catering companies would ask me to make you know, hundreds of cookies for them. And I was just like, wow, I really love and enjoy doing this. But for me, what was the turning point of like, okay, I want to make this was a career was just seeing the joy that desserts brought people. And then looking at how eggs, flour, butter, sugar, however you can combine them, you can get so many different results. I really wanted to learn the science of it. And I ended up opening up a restaurant when I was living in Costa Rica and had no idea what I was doing. It was supposed to only be a coffee shop. And then I started 
baking cookies again for friends on the side and everybody loved it. And so then that just sort of fed my passion to want to feed people and make people happy. And I said, Wait, hold on, back up for two seconds. How did you end up living in Costa Rica? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I quit my life in the fashion industry and I had a, a sort of vacation planned with friends to go to Costa Rica. And I went there, I fell in love. I literally came home, sold all of my belongings and said, I'm moving to Costa Rica and I'm going to surf and learn to speak Spanish and hang out and figure it out. And everyone thought I was crazy, which I probably <laughs> was. I was living down there and fell in love with it. And someone said, you know, you should open a coffee shop. And that sort of evolved into a restaurant. And that sort of started, weirdly, my culinary career in the middle of the jungle in Costa Rica. Random. <laughs> So how long did you end up living there? I ended up living there for three years. I had the bakery cafe restaurant for about two. And then I just, from that, from my love of that, I, I sold it. I came back to the States, to California. And that's when I decided to go to culinary school to really, truly understand the science and the ins and outs of baking pastry. And you were all in on desserts the whole time. Yeah. When I, my restaurant in Costa Rica, I actually did both sweet and savory but something about pastry, just it was more sort of my mentality. I loved how much happier desserts made people. It's like, you can't be in a bad mood eating a chocolate chip cookie or an ice cream cone. You know, it was sort of that that kind of made me really decide to put all my focus into pastry. And then, sorry for all these, I shouldn't say sorry for the questions I am interviewing you, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm eager to hear how this, I'm curious as to how one gets from a love of cooking to end up, you know, writing this whole cookbook. So you went to culinary school and then what? Then you became a, a licensed pastry chef and then you started working for all these amazing restaurants and then somebody asked you to be a judge? Pretty much. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, I got it. Okay, goodbye. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> awesome. All right. And what was it like being on a show after watching it your whole life? Was that just like a perfect full circle moment for you or... Did you enjoy oh, it? Oh, I, I mean, I love it so much. I count my blessings every day that I get to be a part of Food Network in any way, shape or form. It's funny. It's still, you know, after I think six, season of, six seasons of Cake Wars and now this other show, Cake Off, that I'm doing with Food Network and all the guest judging appearances I have, I still to this day like pinch myself and I'm like, is this like really happening to me? Or when I turn on Food Network and it happens to be in episodes of Cake Wars and I'm on TV, I mean, it lit, it's so surreal that I like, I turn into a little kid all over again and get giddy and excited and cry. And it's mildly pathetic, but no, it's, it's not pathetic. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's probably truly one of the most special accomplishments for myself as a chef, not just because I get to be on TV. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's just that kind of how my culinary career and growing up with Food Network on TV, it's sort of how it's come full circle. And that was never being on Food Network was never even on my radar. It was never even like, this is my goal, my dream. I'm going to work really hard as a chef and try and get on Food Network. I just wanted to make good food. And so this was just the, the icing on the cake, if you will. Yeah. For <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> do you have any like dreams of your own? Like what would you do if you had, you could pick your own show to make on Food Network? Like anything you um, want? Or is that what Cake Off is? I don't know about Cake. I'm sorry. No, Cake Off is basically, it's a very, it's an extreme cake competition. The cakes sort of transform and they explode and catch on fire and spin and flip and do all these really 
crazy cool things. And that's going to be actually airing in a few weeks. I think September 23rd maybe is the first episode on Food Network. So it's really just these bakers take the cakes to the next extreme level. But I mean, if I could ever have my own actual show on Food Network, that would be like the dream of all dreams. I might just drop dead right there in the moment (laughs) on the spot. But I think I would want it to be a little more sort of exciting out there, getting my hands dirty in the food, growing the food, harvesting the food, than a lot of the kind of typical stand and stir shows. I just by nature... I love getting out there and getting dirty with my hands. I think that's why I love cooking so much is it's you're really creating something with your hands, which I think is a lost art in a way. And so to be able to be a part of the whole food process from growing it from start to finish, I think is something that I definitely, whether it's TV or I know I'm starting to do it in my own personal life, that's sort of the dream for me. And then how did you end up writing the cookbook and how did you pick, and you mentioned at the beginning why you wanted to do not just sweets, but how did the, how did it come about? Was it your idea? Did someone give you, like, how did, how did it evolve into a cookbook? (laughs) It was always my dream to write a cookbook. I'll be totally honest right now that um, it was something I was way too terrified to do. And people had talked to me about doing it for years And I always said, oh, yeah, sure, that's a great idea, but kind of pushed it off because I was just way too nervous and scared to have to work so hard to create all these recipes and then sort of send them out into the world. I just was like, just seemed like this daunting, scary task and opening myself up for judgment and all these things. And then finally, I think just enough friends and people pushed and pushed and said, come on, come on, you got to do it. And it kind of seemed like the next hurdle that I hadn't quite gone over and through in my career that I was like, all right, I'm going to do this and set out to do it. And I kind of got a dream team of people to work with and to publish with Rodale and the team I got to work with, with them and the sort of concept, it started out to be a a dessert book and the sort of concept of breakfast and brunch kind of happened sort of by accident. I didn't think anyone would really consider me writing a breakfast brunch cookbook because I'm a pastry chef, but I think they all saw how passionate I was about it. So (laughs) decided to let me run with it. And do you still practice pastry chefdom somewhere? Like, do you work in a restaurant still? Or are you mostly on, does TV take up most of your time or? The TV does take up some of my time. I have a wholesale, I live in Park City, Utah. I have a little wholesale bakery and catering company. And I provide a lot of baked goods for coffee shops and We'll do a lot of special custom, you know, birthday cakes and catering for parties and sweets and stuff like that. So it's kind of nice for me doing it on that level, not having an actual brick and mortar restaurant because I can sort of create my own schedule. And if I need to, you know, be filming or leave or be going somewhere for a book tour, I kind of have the freedom to do that. But I still get to, you know, be cooking for people. And so it's the best of both worlds. Is there anything you just like love cooking in the pastry world, like something or some creation you made that you couldn't believe you even did it or just something super cool or something you've mastered, like the perfect croissant or I don't know, something really awesome? I feel like I've never, I don't, I'm the type of person that I don't think I'll ever really feel like I've mastered something. I'll always find something or it could be a little bit better. It could be a little bit more of this and always continue to kind of push and challenge myself. I do love making ice cream. Mm. That's something that I is probably one of my favorites. And I love the challenge of like the croissants and baguette recipes and stuff that are in the book. I find bread 
to be such a skill and such an art form that still intimidates me, but it's probably one of the things that I love so much. That's why I really wanted to set out to try and make it easy for the home cook of like, all right, you can, you can do this. You can make croissants at home or, you know, a baguette or brioche or breads that, you know, that's something that I have so much admiration for people that solely do breads because it really is an art form. I feel like there's so many excuses not to bake, right? Like it's so easy to buy something. Like Mm -hmm. what would you say? I mean, I love to bake too. So that's part of why I'm super interested in this. But for people who don't bake, truth be told, I'm not going to like sit there and bake croissants from scratch, but I do like to, you know, like a cupcake or something more simple with my kids is fine. What do you see as the, as the biggest benefit to baking? Do you bake for your sanity? Do you bake for fun? Does it calm you down? Does it just, I know you like to make people happy, but what do you think it does for you? For me, it's sort of, it's kind of like an active meditation. It's kind of like, for me, it's like, you know, a lot of people, it's like knitting or, you know, whatever. It's just that sort of time in the kitchen focusing on something. And I think that's why I like pastry so much because it forces you to focus on a recipe and just sort of, you really have to be focused and present on the recipe and on your technique and to not overmix your batter or overwork your dough or something like that. So it kind of just takes me away from everything and anything else and just lets me focus and be in the moment, which is really therapeutic for me. And then the bonus is I get to feed people and make people happy too. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, too bad this isn't in person so I could like sample some of your stuff. It's <laughs> right. like my only sad that we're over Skype. Do you have any advice to anybody who is also trying to do a cookbook if and that was one of their dreams or their dream is to be on a cooking show or what would you say to those people? Just to start doing it. If you want to write a cookbook, come up with a, a theme and a concept and start creating those recipes and start, you know, putting it together as much as you can yourself and shopping it around to people. And I think the cool thing about, you know, people that want cooking shows or that sort of thing I mean, YouTube and social media has allowed so many people the opportunity to do that, that I think that that's so much fun. I think there's even a part in the book where I say, you know, like, like my biggest thing when cooking is I always tell people have fun, just have fun, have a glass of wine, pretend like you are on your own cooking show, you know, just do whatever you can and want to do whatever makes it fun for you and and, and have fun doing that because as cheesy as it, as it is to say, I am a firm believer that you can really, you can taste the love and the spirit of, you know, the mood you're in when you're cooking food. And so just to have fun. I tried to explain that to my kids after making frozen ravioli last night. And they were like, this doesn't look good. And I was like, I made this with all my heart. You can taste the love. Eat it. <laughs> they finally tried it. Anyway, I don't know. I believe I believe you can feel it too. I really can. When people cook for you with care and and love, you can you can definitely taste it. But anyway, well, thank you so much for sharing your experience with me. And sorry, I feel like I was like in a job interview, like asking you question after question. But I'm really interested. So thanks for answering them all. <laughs> no, absolutely. Thank you. I loved I loved chatting and loved being asked all the questions. Oh, good. I loved oh, there we yeah. go. Super <laughs> fun. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Take thanks. care. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks again to my sponsor, Lauren Gabrielson, the women's wear brand that creates elevated essentials for the modern women's wardrobe, laurengabrielson.com. 
Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Thank you.